Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How is it going over there? It's going good, how's it going over there? Good, good, going good, yeah. Uh, so what have you been playing in the last week? Uh, still keeping up uh, with uh, some of my PC games. I've been playing uh, Seven Days to Die, I've been doing a lot of that. Uh, uh Total War Warhammer 3 came out on Game Pass. Haven't had a whole lot of time to play with it, but it looks interesting. Uh, still kind of grinding away on Lost Ark. Uh, it's kind of an odd duck as a game, but it's free, so I'm not complaining too much. Uh, outside of that, you know, work's been taking up a lot of my time, so I haven't really had mm-hmm. too much time to game. Okay, okay. What do you what do you uh, enjoying the most? Um, <clears throat> I like the concepts. That I see from Lost Ark, um, it's very story heavy. I, it's a fairly easy game, but it's also doesn't do a whole lot in terms of explaining things. So there's a lot of uh, internet searching on web pages, like how how does this happen? How do you do this? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, all right, well I jumped into uh, the world of Horizon Forbidden West, which is the second game, obviously. Uh, I've got a, a few things to say about it, of course. It's the main game that I've been playing. I've been playing, obviously, you know, some COD here and there and some other things. Um, I like it a lot so far, Horizon Forbidden West. Obviously, I won't go into spoilers. I'm not here to review the game, just give you my impressions after six to eight hours, roughly, I, I would say, approximately. Um, it's, it's very, very good. And, um,. There's a few things that aren't working for me at all, and there's a few things that are working for me really, really well. Uh, Now, for the past few months, I've been saying that I'm looking at Horizon Forbidden West and God of War as two particular games that have got sequels coming out, and those sequels are going to be on, well, both the previous gen hardware, obviously, with PS4, and the next gen hardware with PS5. And I want those two games specifically to do something to evolve what they are or what they were or whatever. Um, I, 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 I sort of half think Horizon has done that. Because the way it sort of has done that is you do have some new things to use. And the climbing, I think, is better. Um, so it's doing good things with those. But, and like, you know, it's got some good dual sense stuff going on, which I appreciate. Some interesting kind of haptic feedback and, and that kind of stuff. Um, But it's not quite fully gone. Now I've, maybe like something happens the next couple of hours. I've just got like a new weapon as well. So we'll see how that plays out. But it is a little bit too much. You're back with Horizon and we added a new th- a few new things. The game looks better, frame rates are better, loading times are better, which is what you can kind of expect from, you know, running the game on PS5. Um, but there's certain characters in the game that just don't do anything for me. Um, I do, saying that though, I think that, so some of the, like, the supporting characters, some of the secondary characters, they're all right. But I do feel like they've put a lot more work into Aloy's character. 
and I sort of not only am I completely on the same page as that character of like I agree with everything you're doing the way that you're doing it your attitude towards the situation like I agree with basically everything that she's doing and I like her a lot more now as a character I mean I liked her before I thought she was you know cool and then we had the first uh, Horizon game she was a great character but I do feel like it's almost like they've progressed her a lot as a character and I think Ashley Birch's uh, performance is really good um but it's those secondary characters that are sort of I can't quite tell which characters the game wants me to care about and which ones it doesn't as in like you're gonna have a conversation with this character and you might see them later you might not obviously there's certain characters that stick out that are returning ones like Lance Riddick's um Silent I think his name is um and he's cool they have like an interesting dynamic um him and and Aloy uh, in terms of the actual gameplay, it is a bit sort of Horizon again. Um, I think the melee combat is slightly better. I have just unlocked something as well, which lets me put my uh, put electricity on my spear. I haven't been able to fully use that yet. Um, the tripcaster is still good. The slingshot thing is still good. Um, See, so yeah, it's it's all right in terms of its its gameplay. The story is. The story is either a case where, okay, you're just throwing too much information at the screen or I completely understand what's happening. But I think in terms of the story, I suppose, I mainly just care about what, what Aloy wants to do and d do I understand what Aloy wants to do and why and how she's going about it. And I, d I absolutely do. It's sometimes when other characters try to explain things. And there's a big conversation that you have with this hologram type character a few hours into the game. And this hologram character is trying to explain things to you. And it was weird because I didn't quite get what the other woman was, was saying. But I got what Aloy was saying. It That was a bit of a, of a strange one. Um, but then when they finished their conversation, the gist of it was okay you're going to control Aloy you're going to go to these three locations get some stuff and then go back to this hologram place and I was like cool all right I'll go back into the into the wild and start that journey um but Aloy is slowly becoming like one of my favorite characters in video games um so I I think I think they yeah the main takeaway for me is that the the significant character development with Aloy but, I mean, the the climbing and the puzzle solving is actually, from what I remember from the last game, a lot more fun than the last game. Uh, some of the climbing I'm actually enjoying. It's kind of simple, but still surprisingly challenging. Um, and you have to figure out how to do certain things. It's almost like it's trying to be a simpler sort of uncharted Tomb Raider, kind of. Uh, it depends what you're climbing on. So that's been interesting. Um, but yeah, well, Robert, what do you think of, uh, have you seen any Horizon audio kind of thoughts on, uh, on the new game? Yeah, I've seen a bit of it. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's definitely an interesting game. If I did have a PS5, I'd be playing it at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, outside of that, I mean, I, I always thought that the first game had way too much in terms of things going on. There was too many weapons, uh, too many collectibles. It was just a lot of stuff going on with it. 
So, um, and it sounds like it's just kind of more the same. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, with the weapons, I can sort of, I'm able to organize like, okay, I'm going to shoot that one with an arrow, knock it about a little bit, you know, try and get some components off. And then I might, you know, if there's a particular enemy that keeps charging at me, I'm going to try to use a tripwire, because that does help quite a bit. And if I get an enemy cornered, I'll try to use the slingshot thing. Um... But it's it it's it's quite good. I wouldn't say this is like wowing me this game, but I'm certainly intrigued to keep. Oh, I mean, I will finish this game definitely. But some things for it are working and some things aren't. But it's not it's not quite fully had the evolved kind of vision that I had for for this game. And maybe I was you know set my expectations slightly too high. I don't know. Um, maybe the PS4 is holding this game back. Um, as well, that's that's a possibility. Um, but I'm liking it. I'm, I think it's I think it's pretty good. So, uh, and then the next game I'm going to jump into is uh, I want to try Gran Turismo Seven because I've never properly tried a driving game before, and you know Gran Turismo Seven is the next one coming out, and I would like to to try that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I'll give my thoughts on some more Horizon stuff. I doubt that I will have finished it by next podcast, so I'll just keep talking about it week to week until I finish it, and then obviously I'll do a review. That's usually how I operate. Um, but next week, hopefully, I'll be giving my impressions of, uh, GT7, as it's called, Gran Turismo 7. So, uh, what are you planning to play within the next week or so? Uh, nothing's really coming out, so it's probably just gonna be a lot of the same. Mm Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, but that's that with that. Um, Alright, that's what we've been kind of playing and stuff, uh, which has been good. Um, let's get into some housekeeping and then we'll get into some news that we've got. We'll see if all that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link if you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or 
film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Okay, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, as of yes, uh, yesterday, which was Saturday, um, Man United had another game. They drew 0-0 with Watford. We should have won by quite a few goals, but we couldn't score. And that's kind of what you're supposed to do to win a football game. Uh, but that's the 0-0 draw against Watford. Very, very disappointing again. Uh, the next game is not until next week, Sunday, which is against Manchester City. Big Manchester derby, so we'll look forward to that one. Uh, there's no midweek game for some reason um but there you go uh speaking of video games and film video game adaptions i stupidly went to see uncharted well not stupidly but i regret going to do that now um i went to see uncharted and as you can probably tell by what i've just said i gave it a skip rating and the main takeaway for me is just the surprise of making a somehow boring uncharted film even though the game series is centered on fun action it was somehow boring but uh, that's entirely spoiler free that review there's not really any spoilers to sort of get into so I discussed that I'm guessing you've not seen Uncharted no I haven't seen it yet okay fair enough Um, but that's that Uh, over on the other United cast episode uh, we drew 1-1 with Atletico Madrid which was a decent result considering how badly we played um that sec the second leg of that game does not get played for another two and a half weeks or so again i don't know why i don't make the schedule um but there you go uh anthony alanga scoring a good goal in that game uh the walking dead is now back for the b or the second part of season 11 we're doing there's three parts of the season this time and not two so there's no mid-season finale but season 11 episode 9 which is the newest episode, so me and David return to that. And of course, every Wednesday, going forward, just as we've done for the last almost six years, uh, we'll be doing those podcasts on Wednesdays. So look out for the Walking Dead coverage. Uh, we've got seven more of those to go. Classic Review Season 5 is now finished. I did my traditional Season 5 rankings, which is where I took all ten things, so seasons of TV, episodes of TV and films, all ten things that I selected and put them into somewhat of a rankings list so you can have a look out for those and of course all ten of those things that I selected I also reviewed as well so you can have a look out for those ones that's on the classic reviews episodes um, over on Gaming Talk episode, of course last week's one uh, we talked about the Cyberpunk 1.5 patch, the Halo TV series Face Reveal and the Fallout TV series which uh, Walton Goggins has been cast for and of course our impressions of other games before that uh, May United also beat Leeds by four goals to do to, four goals to two, a bit of a goal fest with that one against Leeds. So that was a good one for that game. Uh, did a must see review for Scream, which is the 2022 version. So that's the sequel slash revival uh, film for Scream. Gave it a must see rating. I very much enjoyed my time with that. Uh, Analyzing television episode 15 is talking about a pitch slash idea that I had for an extended. Uh, continue watching function on streaming boxes and streaming services so if you want to hear about what the idea is you can go and listen to that episode uh discuss the peacemaker season finale uh the cameo specifically not really the episode but the cameo in that particular finale and also did some dc talk but that's a pure spoilers episode so if you don't want to know who the cameo was 
then that's the episode for that. And that's what we've been doing pretty much on entertainmenttalk.org. You can find us as well on your favourite podcast platform by searching for Entertainment Talk. Just another reminder as well, either on Friday or Saturday, I will be attempting to go to see The Batman, which is the next big film, of course, the next DC film, uh, which isn't in the DCEU. But look out for a review on Friday or Saturday. I'll probably do some updates on Twitter to let you all know that I've seen the film or something like that. You can follow us on Twitter at eTalkUK for all that. But yes, The Batman is out on Friday. It's out Thursday midnight, but I'm not going to go to the cinema at midnight because why would I do that? Uh, but uh, yes, Friday or Saturday, depending on how things go, I plan to see The Batman. Do you plan to see that anytime soon? I'm curious about it. i got to see when the times are, if mm-hmm. it's something I'm going to be able to go to or not. Cool. Cool. So look out for that. Uh, and yes, that's everything we've been doing on Entertainment Talk as of recently. Let's jump into some news. Alright, so I've got three things to discuss, and then you've got some more after that. Let's get into the two things that I've written in the title, which is Guardians of the Galaxy, of course, developed um, by... Who is it again? It wasn't Crystal Dynamics, it was the other one, published by Square Enix. Um, so that's that from them. Uh, the game uh, has apparently underperformed. Now, of course, when you look across the board at, let's say you've got Square Enix developers... You've got Ubisoft developers, EA developers, Microsoft-owned developers, Sony-owned developers. They're all going to have their own targets, aren't they? Of like, hey, we're going to release this game on this date. And then by this date, we want to have sold this many copies, I assume. Unless it's like a free-to-play game, then you've probably got some different metrics to look at. Uh, I didn't manage to find any specific sales information that was listed in the news I saw. Um... But this is specifically supposed to be for the game's launch sales. And I think why that was specifically mentioned is the game has apparently done a bit better since launch. And I guess that's kind of their way of trying to say like, hey, don't worry, the game didn't do well at launch, but it's done well later on. It was a strange kind of way that it was phrased. Um, So yeah, it's it's another... um, a uh, Square Enix Marvel game that hasn't done particularly well. Of course, we've talked a dozen times on this show about the Avengers game, which was from Crystal Dynamics. Um, yeah, so Guardians of the Galaxy didn't do well. Of course, I've been saying for I don't know how many months that I would like more Disney and Warner Brothers games. This, obviously, as well as the Avengers game, comes under that uh, label with the Marvel games. Um, I, particularly myself, I played the game for a couple of hours, the Guardians of the Galaxy one. And I didn't think it was bad, I just wasn't impressed enough to play it for 13 hours or how long it it would have taken. Uh, But Robert, Guardians of the Galaxy apparently underperformed. Uh, What do you make of that? Are you surprised, not surprised? How do you you kind of feel? Um, I'm not overly surprised. I mean, Crystal Dynamics didn't have the best rep going into it. Um, Mm -hmm. Past that, it's the kind of curse of uh, the movies being so popular is that that's all people associate with. And so since it didn't have that cast, obviously, and it didn't have 
um, those voices. It was the same thing with the the Avengers game. It's just there was that dissociation to where we're so used to it being X that when it's not X, we tend to be like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're so used to hearing certain MCU voices, I suppose. Um, so yeah, the developer was Ideos Montreal. For some reason, I couldn't think of their name. So it was Chris- Crystal Dynamics did the Avengers game. Ideos Montreal did the Guardians game, but they were both published by uh, Square Enix. So that's the situation with that. Um, what do you What do you think this? Do you think this is a? I mean, you could argue this is a Square Enix problem because they've now done. I know they didn't specifically develop them, but they were the publishers. Do you think this is a Square Enix problem? Uh, I don't. I don't really think it's a Marvel problem because obviously we had the success of Spider Man. Um, do you think it's a Square Enix problem or individual developers? I know you've got two different ones, obviously, with the two different games. What do you think is maybe the issue with the games? I suppose. I think it's more of a publisher problem than anything else. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I streamed like some of the Avengers game. I kind of stepped away from it i suppose um the only thing i kind of liked really out of that avengers game was the captain america um gameplay which i actually thought was kind of fun i mean you know you're throwing the the shield it's pretty fun um but yeah the guardians game one of my issues with the gameplay for the guardians one was when you started getting um some of the members introduced that you could play that you could have in your squad if you want to call it that or in your team and you're obviously you're playing a star lord the whole way through um is the clunky menu of uh, i remember you could you could highlight an enemy and then you could bring up like a team menu click on a team member so like drax or somebody like that and then you click on them again to make them do their power or their like ability and i remember straight away thinking like that's kind of clunky and I don't know, the game just didn't work. Um, so yeah, and the the annoying thing was, I've heard from dozens of people, I think David said this himself as well, um, of that they really enjoyed like the story and the characters. So it's sort of like, okay, you've got potential... I mean, I didn't get too deep enough into the game to really see the characters and the story sort of kick on. If there's any other like Marvel villains introduced or any other Marvel cameo characters that could have made the story more interesting or whatever um but when you've got the gameplay that's as lackluster as it was it kind of hinders the other things because then it means you've got to get through the gameplay sections which is where i sort of didn't gel with the game to get to those story beats so it's sort of yeah it, it was quite quite sort of annoying on uh on that front did you ever play either of the avengers or the guardians games or did they never really quite interesting no they never really popped with me okay okay you played spider-man didn't you yeah okay did you play miles that game no not yet i will at oh. some point but i'm probably gonna wait for what if and when i ever get a ps5 to to play that game mm-hmm. cool cool um what other ones do we have uh obviously we've got wolverine coming up we've got spider-man and we have a few other ones as well so yeah um i part of me kind of hopes that disney because disney took a bit of a um different approach with marvel than they did with star wars obviously with star wars they entered into that contract with the ea which let's just say didn't really work and with marvel they sort of like hey we'll give 
different developers like a piece of Marvel each and see who does best of it. You know, they gave Spider-Man to Insomniac, Avengers to uh, Crystal, uh, Guardians to Eidos, and it was sort of, okay, if one of you proves yourself, we'll give you another game. And obviously Spider-Man was good, so they gave them the Miles game. The Miles game was good, so they gave them Spider-Man 2. And that's pretty much like a set deal now, isn't it, with um, with uh, Insomniac. And then obviously they obviously trusted them to such a point where um, they gave them Wolverine as well. And we'll see how that kind of works out. Um, so yeah, we'll see how all this kind of goes in the future. But I would imagine that Disney would be looking to not work with Square potentially in the future. What do you What do you think? Yeah, it's a fair save, I bet. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that's the Guardians of the Galaxy game. And look, if for those of you that are listening, if you enjoyed it, I'm glad that you paid for a video game that you enjoyed. Um, and let us know what you think of of uh, the situation with Marvel uh, video games at the moment. All right, let's go past um, that story and talk about Call of Duty. Um, I'll see if I can find uh, Jason Schreier's tweet um but we have a very interesting story that uh call of duty 2023 is going to be skipping 2023 basically so this is game for 2022 which hasn't been confirmed as a modern warfare game we haven't had that like publicly confirmed but it seems extremely likely by everything that's been discussed around the game um, dozens of people obviously talking about this when it when the news broke earlier this week. Um, to me, it's a very for me this is a very very simple case. And I was tweeting this. Um, we have a message as well from Harrison about this, which I'll read in just a moment. Of everyone, uh, this kind of weird mixed reception of like, oh, this means COD is dead, and it's like, don't be so dramatic. <laughs> and then. Other people, I remember, I think Paris from Kind of Funny, who's somebody I quite like to follow um, on you know, Twitter and stuff. And he was like, yep, good call. You don't need to make COD analysed. And I, d- I don't think he's a big like COD player, but obviously everyone can kind of see you know what COD's about, I suppose. Um, and I was like, yeah, you, you don't. You don't need a COD game every year. And I didn't write this specific thing down, but somewhere it was written that this would break the 19 year cycle of having a COD game every single year um, I mean when I started playing COD was 2007 with uh, Modern Warfare 4 uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare sorry not Modern Warfare 4 Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare uh, in 2007 and then played them almost every year up until I fell off of a couple of games and then got brought back onto them a bit later on um, to me, I think I've mentioned this maybe before. I all, all I need, or all, all I sort of will not need, all I would like is a new modern warfare game every three years, because I'm not really fussed about World War Two games or the Black Ops series. I enjoyed, I think Black Ops One and Two slightly, but I never enjoyed them as much as the modern warfare games. So. Yeah, if you're gonna delay next year's game, which I possibly wasn't planning on buying anyway, that's not a huge deal to me. If we get, if we do in fact get a Modern Warfare 2 or MW2 this year, I will probably jump into that one because uh, I think it's supposed to be both a story sequel and obviously new multiplayer thing with the Warzone stuff tied in as well. Um, 
so that's pretty much where I stand on that. It's a very, very simple case for me. Uh, it's going to be in, it developed again by Infinity Ward, who, as I said on my MW uh, review a few weeks ago when I finally finished the campaign, I think they're easily the best in the business in terms of first-person shooters. You take, if you name me any first-person shooter franchise, you've got Rainbow Six, you've got, um, obviously got games like the Fallout series, Doom... Uh, you've got, um, I, well, I can't think of first-person shooters, you've got Halo, uh, Titanfall, um, I was going to say Fortnite, but that's third-person, any of those short, sort of other first-person shooter games. I think what Infinity Ward has done with the Modern Warfare series over the last 15 years, which is when I started playing these games, um, is better than what the others have, have done. And I've appreciated other ones here and there, like I think, I still think, like you know titanfall is good doom is good um some of the other one rainbow six siege i thought was a good game um i'm not saying that all of the other ones are bad i just think that what infinity ward has done with modern warfare is just easily to me better than the the other games um i know you're not really a cod player per se but what do you uh make of cod potentially skipping uh next year I think that's possibly a good decision because, you know, these franchises have become so annualized that they just kind of get drowned out in the uh, the background. Because yeah. you think about games like Assassin's Creed or all the sports games, and they're always every single year. And, you know, sometimes you need a break from them. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um the only question I suppose that I've got left from this is when you were going to have next year's game in 2023, so that's going to be delayed until 2024, does that mean that we'll get Modern Warfare 3 in four years instead of three years? Because if you're essentially pushing the games forward, because um, I, th- I think next year was going to be a Black Ops game, because the other two devs that you've got, or the main devs that you've got is Sledgehammer, and Treyarch, and then obviously Infinity Ward on Modern Warfare, um, and then the other two devs on the the other games. So uh, we'll see what happens with um, with all of that. I can't find the screenshot that I took of Jason Schreier's tweet, but it was quite funny actually because, and when we've talked about Jason Schreier on this time on this show a few times, um, like his particular attitude towards certain things, other people have discussed it as well. And some people like him, some people don't, you know, for, if you don't like a person, that's that's fair. Um, as long as you don't, obviously, you know, abuse the person or whatever. Um, somebody tweeted about an hour before he did, I think it was some sort of COD news Twitter thing. I was like, hey, we got some big news coming out. It looks like COD 2023 has been delayed. And then shortly after that tweet came out, Jason tweeted and he's like, hey, stick around on, what's this site called, Bloomberg, I think? Is like, hey, stick around on Bloomberg with uh, I've I've just submitted a huge, um, what's it, uh, COD piece of news, like some groundbreaking piece of like COD news that's gonna what do do whatever, um, and he literally kind of said, I don't remember word for word, so I can't quote him or whatever, and he was kind of like, oh, don't don't worry about the other scoops that you've heard, like go to mine, and it was like, hmm. It seems like you're a bit annoyed that somebody beat you to the punch, because <laughs> he he likes to um, he likes to think of himself. I mean, he is a you know scooper, quote unquote, in terms of these behind the scenes thing. I mean, that's kind of his job, right? Is he does these interviews and he finds out this other information and he finds out things from companies that 
other people can't. Fair enough, he's got those credentials, but the way he worded it was it was kind of funny, and everybody was taking the mick out of him a bit, and sort of rightly so, because it was like, okay, your Bloomberg story is still going to go out, and it's just because somebody beat him to the punch by about an hour. Um, and it was funny the way he worded his tweet as well, because he also said, oh, I've submitted a story to Bloomberg, it sh- should be up within the next hour. And I was thinking, why would that take an hour to be submitted? Because it's not like with a pot, you know, when we do obviously these podcasts, I have to go and actually put them together, make sure the sound is, you know, working and all that kind of thing. That takes time. But I'm assuming with, because he writes obviously articles and stuff. So I'm not quite sure what would have taken the sort of, oh, this will be, maybe somebody's got a spell check here or it's got to go through some sort of system. I'm aware as well that I think Bloomberg got like a paywall. I think as well, which I do not like the idea of, on a normal blog like website thing, when you can read, there's so many news websites in the world, both gaming, TV, and film, and whatever that are all free, um, like IGN, Variety, Geek, obviously Geek Town with David and stuff. Um, so I don't, I don't get what's so special about Bloomberg that people have to kind of pay for it or whatever. Um, I suppose it's because Jason's the scooper person, and they think that holds payable monetary value. Um, what do you what do you make of that? <laughs> with, uh, uh, well, with Jason. any story, uh, with any story like that, it does have to go go through legal because it could be uh, it could fall under something that would be uh, libelous uh-huh. or something inaccurate with it. So there's always that fact checking aspect of it. So mm-hmm. obviously, most of that's done in advance. So We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's COD for, for next year. And if it skips next year, it will be kind of big because obviously COD is usually one of the best-selling games of the year, if not the best-selling game. So um, we'll see how all that how all that goes. But I just I have the question for the future of like, okay, MW2 is going to probably come out this year. I hope it's as good as a game as what I think it's going to be because I think it's going to be a very, very good game. Um... And when does the one after that come out? If it is four years, then cool. As long as you support MW2 for a good enough amount of time, which MW1 is still, from 2019, is still going. Uh, it's had its problems here and there, obviously, but we shall see. Um, all right, so that's your COD information for next year. Um, I'm just look- I'm just looking forward now this year to see, you know, when we get our first bits of trailer, bits of inf- information, guns, maps, game modes... Um, following all that kind of stuff, I think I'm going to quite enjoy that journey. So, we'll see. Uh, Robert, let's talk about Sifu, if we remember that game from a couple of weeks. It's been a busy busy time in terms of release schedule, wasn't it? Because we've had Horizon, Sifu, Elden Ring, um, Dying Light 2 has come out. Yeah, uh, El- a lot of games Elden have come out. Elden Ring's just come out. Um, got GT7 coming out this week. I'm sure there's another game that's coming out very, very soon, but that's like five games or something. So, it's been a busy time. Uh, anyway, one of the games within that mix was called, or is called, Sifu. Um, and uh, they had a bit of a uh, issue when they went to launch their deluxe uh, version of their game. And one of the things that came with that uh, was the ability to uh, receive the game digitally. I think it's a digital-only game right now. Uh, two days early. And I was somebody who did buy that version of the game, which is one of the reasons I'm putting this story in here. 
And so in terms of, I know people got different time zones, all that sort of thing. So what happened was, and I never discussed this on the show. I can't remember why I, I, I didn't. I don't remember actually talking about seafood at all on the show. It must have just, I don't know, slipped my mind or something. Um, I guess I can talk about it as we're talking about this. Uh, so seafood came out. It was due on the, I think it was like the 2nd of February or something. Which, gosh, it's almost been a month already. And for my time zone, it was going to be noon, so like midday, on the Sunday. And the the release date for the game, normal version, was the Tuesday. So, um, I went to my PlayStation, you know, at noon, whatever. The um, auto-download thing, the pre-download thing wasn't done. So I was like, oh, is that going to take another hour or something? And the countdown timer went down to zero. And it stopped at zero and never had a clickable button for something. It then took the team that are developing the game, or have developed the game, it took them, I think it was about seven hours to fix that issue. And then they were tweeting, you know, we, we apologise for all this. And what, I think it's called Slow Clap, which is the name of the devs. And they were tweeting and they said, hey, sorry about the inconvenience. And then once the game was live, because obviously that was what they were working on, they said, hey, the game's live, you can go and download the version now. Uh, so then the pre-install thing started. And then I eventually got to play the game. Um... And then once the once the download had gone live, they tweeted and said, um, hey, for those of you that did pre-order the deluxe version, we're going to give you a reward. Uh, no word on what that is. I guess they possibly didn't anticipate that being a problem, so they had to probably come up with something. Uh, as of today, uh, they did tweet out again, and they revealed what that reward is. Whether we're going to get another reward later, we don't know. They've just announced that... This particular thing is going to get a re- going to be a reward, and that reward is a free character skin. Now, as somebody who set aside some time on that Sunday, um, did we do a podcast on that Sunday? It might have been on on a Tuesday. We did an episode that week. So I'm just trying to think now, but no, I think it was a Tuesday we did the episode. And so as somebody who set aside some time on that day and wasn't able to to play the game because it wasn't available I know people like character skins and things like that obviously to to me that's a bit more of like a Fortnite thing you know when you've got Nathan Drake added to Uncharted or Kratos or Rick Grimes or something like that Um, and that's kind of you know it kind of fits Fortnite that you can do that kind of stuff Um, now I didn't particularly feel like I wanted or needed something from them I was just bummed out that I had to wait the extra seven hours I still got to play the game on that day it was just seven hours later than what I thought it was going to be and obviously there was nothing I could do about that um I wouldn't say I'm like raging about free character skin it's just I just I read the news of it and I was like oh yeah this does this is specific to me because I did buy that version and I was like oh okay like that's it but then if somebody said to me, okay, what do you want them to give you? I'm not completely sure what that would be, actually. So I guess I've not got an answer to the issue. I just think that, um, I don't know. I just, oh, character skin. Okay. Um, I mean, some people were saying, like, hey, you should give, like, a partial refund or something. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, it was, like, 
four dollars extra. So what are you gonna do? Give like two dollars back to each person that got the game or something? <laughs> um, but I won't say I'm like raging or angry. I'm just sort of like meh. Like just okay, fine. Character skin. You're offering me something. It is free because of what you did by accident. Um. But yeah, uh, Robert, what do you think of this situation and what they're giving players that uh, brought this version of the game? I mean, it's cool and all. I mean, it's not like that's something that you can just whip up out of nowhere. I mean, you mm-hmm. do have to write the code, design it, artist it out, that kind of thing. So there is time and effort involved in it. Yep. And it's cool they're doing something to acknowledge that. Um, past that, though, I mean, it's cool and all, but it's not really like a world-beater deal. Mm, yeah. Um, but it is what it is. I'm not, like, annoyed. I'm just sort of, oh, okay, sure. Um, but yeah, in terms of the game itself, because I haven't actually spoken about my impressions of it, um, I think it's a great game. It's a surprisingly annoying game at certain points. Um, I think the game's got more problems than it should have with its combat design, specifically with, like, countering, parrying, and dodging enemies. Some things just don't quite click together with the gameplay um they did mention uh in between when the game was released and today uh that they're gonna add some accessibility options um because the game doesn't really have any which you know i i I get that the game's supposed to be challenging but there's a there's a line between and there's probably i i'm probably able to do a whole podcast on uh, accessibility in games and stuff because I do have quite a lot of things to say um, I guess I'll do that as a separate episode at, at some point um, I think everybody should be able to play games like no matter what kind of I mean I don't like to use the word disability but that's the one that's used so I'll just say that um, depending on you know what particular disability you've got uh, it could be something to do with your hands your sight your whatever um and even people that have got difficulties like that should still be able to play whatever game they want to. It doesn't matter how hard the game's supposed to be. Whether it's supposed to be Sackboy A Big Adventure or Dark Souls or FIFA or you know, whatever. Um, there should be options out there for, for people. Um, it was strange though because I played the game for a few like a good few hours just to get like a feel of it and you know whatever. And I thought it was good, quite challenging. So I put it down and sort of... Sifu to me isn't a game that I'm going to put like four hours into in one go. <laughs> it's a game where I will probably like do a couple of runs with it. Which will take 20-30 minutes. It's one of those kind of games. And then you can do that. Do a couple of runs. Put the game down. Do something else. Which is quite... I, I like that actually. I think that's quite good. Um, And then a few weeks week and a half ish later i went back to the game and i remembered that they had tweeted out they said like hey we've had loads of community feedback and we understand difficulty and accessibility you know options and stuff and we're going to try to work to put those into the game and i thought great i I look forward to seeing what you what you do with that and then i don't remember them saying that they had put something in the game and my game didn't get a prompt to update but i went back and played it afterwards and I found it so much better and a lot still challenging, but so much easier. And I was like, did they put the accessibility? Why is this like suddenly easier for me to play? <laughs> Even though I, I didn't like change anything in any menu. I went, I just went back in and started playing again. 
But um, it was definitely better the second time I played it, and I will jump back into playing it. Uh, like I said, it's one of those games you can jump in for a bit and kind of play. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting case with C4. I'm just looking forward to when they do put those uh, accessibility options and difficulty options in. Uh, but Robert, where are you at with C4? Have you seen it? What do you think of it? Are you going to play it? Where, where are you I've seen it? it. A couple of uh, streamers that I follow have been playing it on the regular. Mm-hmm. It looks cool. I'm wondering if the change they made was just to um, the controls. Maybe there was something off in the coding to where the button that you pushed wasn't as reactive as it needed to be. be. That would explain the game seeming to be easier. You're playing it the literal same way. It's just the controls are fixed. Hmm. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, But again, I didn't see them tweet anything about like, hey, we said we were going to make changes. They're here now or something. So whether it was just I was more alert or I paid more attention or something I'm not sure but anyway it was better so who knows maybe I play it a third time and I'm worse than I was the first time <laughs> who knows so we'll see that'll be that'll be a good one for me to stream actually and I don't need to stream it for like two hours or something so yeah um I was actually just for those of you that are wondering what's happened with me in twitch because I have done some twitch streams here and there I'm trying to figure out a schedule that works for me again and I do want to do a couple of streams a week and I'm just trying to figure out first of all what to play when to play it and for me it's got to be sort of okay what am I doing before the stream and what am I doing after the stream because if I'm doing any podcast before the stream or after the stream how's that going to kind of affect my energy levels and you know that 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 sort of thing um so I've just got to just got to figure it out basically yeah so uh, that's Sifu, uh, and we see we'll see what happens with um, all of that. Anyway, Robert, that's the news I've got for this week. What would you like to talk about? Uh, well, first up, we got uh, a bit of info that I'd forgotten about, and this reminded me of it. Um, for a very brief time, Steam took Bitcoin as a payment for, for with cryptocurrencies. Uh, they accepted a payment in April of 2016, and then removed it. In December of 2017, so they had it for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that because of the uh, fluctuating fluctuating nature of the the value of the coin itself and the processing fees and time to process the transaction, they decided it wasn't worth it. Uh, turns out that they had problems actually getting their money. According to uh, Newell, he said the problem is is that a lot of the actors who are in that space are not people you want interacting with your customers. We had problems when we started accepting cryptocurrency as a payment option. 50% of those transactions were fraudulent, which is a mind-boggling number. These were customers we didn't want to have. He reiterated that Bitcoin's fluctuations were, quote, a complete nightmare. People weren't happy with uh, a game that could cost $10 one day and $100 the next. Uh, So his opinion hasn't changed. With the recent popularity of crypto and NFTs, he says it's interesting technology, but not anything he wants to interact with. Hmm. Yeah. 50% is a big number. That is a big percentage. Yeah. It's literally half. So, depends what 10% it... fraudulent uh, transactions can bankrupt a business. 50%, oof, that's, is... that's just not good. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. Um, depends what the number is, but still 50% of whatever that is, is still quite bad. Um, yeah, I, I've never quite been fond of either Bitcoin or cryptocurrency or 
any of that kind of stuff. I've not had to directly interact with it for anything. Nobody's ever asked me for it to buy anything. Um, I've never bought any of that stuff. Um, somewhat because I... Both because I don't understand how it works and I don't really care to understand how it works because I've also never interacted with it so there's been no reason for me to sort of do that. But everything I do buy anyway I can just buy with my normal usual money that I get. So I've not really needed to do that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's uh, for companies like this that do try to see if they can do some stuff with it, it can end up with these problems. And like you said, you... Uh, don't want those problems i suppose so uh, what do you think of that of this uh i have a couple of friends that interact and are big into crypto they've been trying to get me onto it for a while now the the biggest thing it's not even a problem i understand that it has value um what nobody's been able to successfully explain to me is why it has value like if you look at like gold and silver and things like that there's obviously the utilitarian use, um, part of the reason why gold is so expensive right now is because it gets used in electronics a lot, so there's a big demand for it. Mm -hmm. Same with silver. You get something like uh, paintings. You know, A lot of it is the, the notoriety of the artist, things like that. That can be a weird market, but it's still tangible objects. You're talking about a digital object having value, and you can't tell me why it has value other than people accept that it has value. And I'm just not cool with that. Mm, yeah, which is also directly the problem with NFTs. Yes. As well. And so. as, an, as a photographer, I love the idea of an NFT because it is next to impossible to protect your artwork for photography. Right. I've seen so many people, like, they're, they're just, like, randomly on a website and they'll see a photo from another country and then their face is being used as in adverts, just like randomly. Yeah, yeah. It's that's actually a funny story. Um, there's a streamer whose name I forget. Um, he was in Mexico, and he was stunned when he walked by a shop, and the shop had his face on a T-shirt, and it said R.I.P. and had a date on it. Jesus. And so he he went into that. He did a search. He found out where he got the photo from, and he literally the phrase search that he used was "some black dude," and so he renamed everything to that, just leaning into it and just started trolling with it, and it was hilarious. Mm -hmm. yeah. But just imagine searching, just putting like Google and just put in "some white dude," and then your face being the first one that pops up. That's right. so. Yeah. Yeah, we live in a strange time, I suppose. Yep. So, there we go. Um, but just, um, again, to to our audience, I was going to say viewers, but you're technically listeners, um, however you want to phrase that. Uh, the website has views, but they're all listeners, but wh whatever. Our audience, I suppose. Uh, to any of our audience out there, I think I've said this before, but um, in terms of any of this kind of stuff, just be careful out there, because people can potentially try and trick you into stuff, and... I just want to say again, just please just don't buy any NFTs and please don't sell them either. Don't buy them, don't sell them, don't try not to interact with them. Um, I know that that's, if you're on social media as much as somebody like me is, um, it's, you know, you'll, you'll see stuff around. Um, but uh, yeah, just let's try not to, uh, it, we could talk about it obviously, you know, let people know about what's going on with things um, and talk about it in the news and stuff, but 
yeah, let's try to avoid buying or selling NFTs because the quicker that, I don't know how long NFTs will take to die off. Obviously, it's still a kind of relatively new thing, but as quickly as that can die off, the better. And then we can all move on to something else, I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right. What else do you want to talk about today? Well, staying in the realm of bad actors, graphics card manufacturer NVIDIA has been the victim of a ransomware attack, according to Bloomberg. NVIDIA released a public statement about the attack on Friday, acknowledging it happened but not going into detail about the extent of the hack, obviously. NVIDIA's statement clarified we are still working to evaluate the nature and scope of the event and don't have any additional information to share at the time. Uh, Bloomberg's source at NVIDIA characterized the hack as relatively minor and denied that it had any connection to the recent uh, kerfuffle going on between Russia and Ukraine. There have been some uh, concerns that Russia would pursue some sort of cyber warfare on Western countries and retaliation for sanctions against Russia and aid on behalf of Ukraine. Outside of that, there's no specific information given, so we'll just have to wait to see what they say more. Mm -hmm. Again, it's the kind of day and age that we live in that these things unfortunately do happen. Um, obviously, we're I'm sure everybody's aware of, aware, sorry, of what's going on with uh, Russia and Ukraine. Um, and it's really, really sad and everything. There's not much me and Robert can particularly do about it, but for those of people obviously in the situation, hopefully they can do something about it, but that is what that is. Um, I will possibly talk about that. Obviously, that's more war and politics than gaming, so I'll talk about that a bit more on the next month's chat podcast, which I'll do in a few days, because obviously we've only got 28 days this month. Um, So I'll probably give my thoughts on that kind of stuff, which is the space for me to do that. That's one of the reasons the chat podcast is a thing in the first place. Um, but yeah, it sucks that people want to attack people in any way, shape or form. Um, so it's unfortunately another situation. But what do you make of this one? Uh, obviously, I, as someone who works in IT, mm-hmm. I'm very familiar with ransomware attacks. Um, yeah. This is something that we deal with a lot, uh, training. Uh, I can't go into too much detail because of privacy Uh, concerns with my job so um it is just it is something that i'm very aware of and that the um there's a whole division for cyber and they take that very very seriously um obviously ransomware is when their company gets their data hacked and then they have to pay money to get it back Mm -hmm. so yeah thus the name ransomware it actually happened to a hospital here where I live, and they had pretty much all their patient files compromised. Wow. That's so morally screwed that somebody would do that to a hospital. Like, of all the services in the world, um, especially in this day and age, that you would do that to a hospital. That's just wrong on so many levels. Um, that's, why, that's why I tell people that I'm on uh, Team Asteroid, because that's not even the most morally bank- bankrupt thing I've heard this week. Right. I'll we'll t- I'll tell you about that off podcast though. That's okay. definitely an off podcast conversation. Okay. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's unfortunately the case. Uh, what was I about to say? About to say something about it. Um. Oh yeah. Didn't that happen to um? This probably happened to a bunch of gaming companies, but that happened to um CD Projekt Red before, didn't it? Yeah, they got yeah. hacked a while back. Yeah. Yeah. That but was I don't over... think it was ransomware. I think it was something else. Yeah. I remember some somebody a group or person more likely a group stole information from them and said like hey if you don't do something we'll sell this or whatever it was um that's more of like a 
I mean, what I said about the hospital, like, you know, it's morally wrong if you do something like that to a hospital, because obviously the importance of a hospital. But the fact that with the cyberpunk stuff, that was more probably because, like, hey, you delayed this game, or this game sucks. So, like, one of the two, or both things. Uh, More likely both of, like, hey, you delayed the game and it still sucks, so what I'm going to do is hack your company and steal a bunch of your stuff. It's like... Well, if you want the if you want the game that you've got to be better, how about not disrupting the company that's involved with doing with improving the game that you want improvements made to? Just yeah, things like that just don't make any any sense. But they're not supposed to make sense, are they? So yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Oh, well, let's get off the bad stuff onto the good stuff. Uh, like that, to yeah. say Elden Ring had a pretty strong start is a bit of an understatement. Yeah, uh, from yeah. software's. A uh, new open-world action-adventure uh, next-in-line Dark Souls game peaked at seven six hundred and seventy-two thousand three hundred fifty-one concurrent players on uh, Steam, which uh, puts it just behind Lost Ark, which was at six ninety-one. Uh, that's more pressing when you're considering what it's up against. We've talked about some of the games that um, have been just released recently, mm-hmm. but that's also uh, you know Counter-Strike, Dota two, Destiny two. Apex, Rust, Team Fortress 2, all the others. So the fact that it cracked that high that quick is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. And it's often—it's not often for a single-player-focused uh, game to beat out so many online multiplayer titles. It's also been getting really good reviews on it. So yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen a—I've seen a bunch of um, praise for this game. Which again, if you buy a video game that you're looking forward to and you enjoy it, that is a good thing. Um, whether other people think that game is good is up to them to have that feeling. Um, whether you are into or not into the Soulsborne, I believe is the name of the, the nickname of this type of series, the From Software games, um, is up to you as well. But for those that are into these games, and for those that have been obviously anticipating them for a while, because they come around now and again, don't they? They're, they're not like every year, but they're every couple of years so they're they're a bit of you know an event for that community which is i suppose something they really look forward to um this is the one that um george rr martin get involved with the writing on this game or am i thinking of something else i'm sure it's elden ring i think yeah pretty sure yeah which i mean those games have stories but do you really need George R. R. Martin to write for you for that i don't know maybe the story is like really groundbreaking or something and i'm not aware of it everything's and everything so much can weigh on a name. I mean, when you think about mm, it, yeah. uh, Tom Clancy, his he's been passed for a few years now, and his name wow, yeah. still gets attached to those games because of the weight it pulls. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's more for me to dig into the accessibility thing with like Elden Ring and Soulsborne games because some people do believe those games should be easier, some people don't, and there's a conversation to be had there as well so i'll probably add that to the mix of that conversation but um again this was another one that i saw jason schreier tweeting about and he said he was really enjoying the game which was good um i still kind of had my uh demon souls playthrough going i hadn't like given up on it and i hadn't decided to pursue it that's kind of an in limbo game for me but then i'm in the middle of you know horizon still want to finish dying light 2 and i've got um gt7 coming out this week which is i i like having options that's good um elder rings one that i'm curious about but i kind of want to continue with demon souls first 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, people have been enjoying the game. That's that's really really great. I know on one of the things that you mentioned, it scored like a really really high rating. It did well on Metacritic, which is which is very very good. Um, but yeah, it's it's great. What do you make of uh, Elden Ring's success so far? I've seen a little bit of it. I w- I didn't know that it was going to be another Souls game in that sense. I mean, if you look at the um, the display uh, for all your equipment and everything, it's literally Souls game. So, uh, but it's cool. You know, that's one of those things that uh, those are really popular style games. They're not my style, but nothing has to be my style. Mm-hmm. Not everything has to be my style. It's and people love it and people play it. I mean, clearly, you don't have over half a million people playing it simultaneously if it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe for like the first day, but it wouldn't sustain that. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Um, speaking of game releases, don't forget about the highly anticipated uh, uh, Assassin's Creed Ragnarok, <laughs> which is they see the out where it's coming out. I've been reading some things about it. it keeps coming up in my like Twitter feed and stuff, but yeah, that's obviously coming out as well. That just is such a strange situation i kind of want to do it i know i did one before i did like a ubisoft episode about a month ago on the assassin's creed thing and splinter cell i kind of want to do another episode but specifically dig more into assassin's creed's identity because i still have more things to say with that but hey it's my podcast so if i want to do an episode i i guess i i will do that but um yeah that's coming out as well i think so which for those of you that look on the PlayStation Store and see that thing for $40, you do have to have Assassin's Creed Valhalla as well. So, just for those of you that do want to play that, just be aware of that as well. Because, yeah, so, there you go. Uh, Alright, what else have you got to talk about? Uh, well, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, if uh, Nintendo would ever buy a company, yeah. and they just did. The company has announced that it is buying a long-time collaborator, uh, SRD Company Limited. Uh, you probably not know the name. I never heard of it before. But this company has been collaborating with Nintendo for over 40 years. It was originally developed the original Super Mario Brothers. Um, some recent uh, games that they worked with was uh, Game Builder Garage, Ring Fit Adventure, and 1-2 Switch on the Switch, obviously. Uh, Nintendo is buying 100% of the company's outstanding shares for an undisclosed fee. SRD was founded in 1979, has worked with Nintendo uh, since its inception on a very long list of games. Um, So for those people asking, uh, will Nintendo start buying companies up? Yes, they did. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Um, I guess they did a a kind of acquisition here, which which is cool. Um, Nintendo's just a funny little company in, in lots of different ways. Um, both by the way that they operate and how their games are sort of priced and things like that. But, Mm -hmm. um, I think for me with the Switch, I mean, obviously I played, was it Metroid Dread, um, a couple of months ago that I think that was my last game. Um, obviously waiting for Breath of the Wild 2 and then whatever Mario game's gonna come out next. Obviously we will get another mainline Mario game. Uh, there's also sort of a game that's coming up. Um, oh yeah, they, they did the direct, didn't they? Um, mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, and they showed that uh, Switch Sports, which is a mouthful to say, uh, which I'm looking forward to. But yeah, Nintendo is an interesting one. Um, it, it's interesting because like 
you wouldn't really see Nintendo go and buy like Insomniac Games or Housemark or um, somebody like that. But that's like a normal thing for Sony to do. And you don't really hear about Nintendo making acquisitions. Obviously not, not anything near the level of like a Bethesda or a um, uh, Activision but yeah, they kind of just—they they have always kind of just been—they just do their own thing, I suppose. But they're successful at what they do. Um, they don't always do things the right way, but uh, they've been doing all right, haven't they? So um, we'll see what. Yeah, this thing—they know their lane. They're good in their lane, and yeah. they tend to stay in it. Yeah, yeah. Even if they do do some confusing things at times. So there we go. Uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing they have to talk about is that Microsoft announced that it is teaming up with Twitch to make streaming directly from the console much easier. In an Xbox blog Thank post, you. software yeah, <laughs> software engineer uh, Brenna Duffett shared that the following feedback from players, Microsoft has re-engineered uh, the software coding live stream feature in order to make navigation simple. Uh, with the update for the Series S slash X or Xbox One consoles, Players will be able to navigate to the Capture and Share tab on the guide and then select Live Streaming. In order to stream to Twitch, players will need to link their Twitch accounts by scanning the QR code uh, with a mobile device or by navigating to the web page. Mm-hmm. From there, a Go Live button will appear on your console, which will allow players to instantly go live and start streaming their games. Um, so I think that's kind of cool because I did try streaming on Mixer and it was very easy just to boop go live so mm-hmm. because of the way it was integrated yeah it was yeah. like a few button clicks i mean on because on, on ps4 and on ps5 it's basically the same method to to stream from twitch you basically hold the share button you go over to broadcast gameplay and then you put you know if you've got a microphone camera where you if you want the comments on the side or them to appear elsewhere uh the title obviously the quality um, if you want your mic on, uh, tags and stuff. It seems like I'm saying quite a lot of things, but it's really quite simple option menus, and it saves um, those those things as well. Because um, on PS4 and on PS5, obviously it's quicker on PS5 because the actual system is quicker, but they're basically the same method of you click on just, you press an old chair, broadcast. Um, on my PS5, it I don't remember it saying... About, does it say about YouTube? No, it just says, yeah, it says YouTube and Twitch. Obviously, I'm signed into both entertainment talk things over there, but I click on Twitch. Um, it, it it's it's very very clunky to do it on Xbox. Um, because you go over to the you have a game open or whatever, you go over to the Twitch app, you boot it up as if you're like watching somebody on Twitch, then click on broadcast, then obviously put your information in, then minimize that, go back to the game, and then it starts. But when you're doing it on PS4 and 5, you don't even need to leave the game. Um, so, yeah, as somebody who is trying to, get, like I mentioned earlier, figure out again what I'm streaming and when, and I am trying to consider, you know, is there any games on Xbox maybe that I want to stream? Um, that's good to, to know that that's happening because it did actually put me off of stream, of like, Hey, I could stream this game or that game on Twitch or on Xbox. I'm like, eh, it's a bit too awkward. I'll just prefer to do it on my PlayStation because it's it's quicker. Um, so that's that's good to know. Um, and obviously, with with Mixer was essentially 
how you could do it on uh, PS4 and 5 with Twitch because it was integrated. You would go over to like, you'd press your Xbox menu button thing and go over to Mixer and because it was integrated, it was very easy. Um, I just, it's a bit odd that Twitch has been around for a long time and so has obviously Xbox. And this has taken a long time for them to, to figure out. I suppose obviously they weren't thinking about it when they was were figuring out um, Mixer. Even though that didn't even last, what was it, like a few months, that Mixer relationship? Uh, a couple, three years. Um, was it? They oh, actually okay. bought the company. It was like Beam or something like that. They oh, bought yeah. the company straight up. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I remember when it fully sort of kicked off a bit more and they signed like Shroud and Ninja... Mm-hmm. And then a few months after that, it was just done. Um, so that that didn't last too long. I suppose YouTube and Twitch are still just dominating that area. So, yeah. Um, but there we go. We'll see what happens with all that. You said that's the last thing that you've got to talk about? Yep, that's the last thing I got. Cool. Let's get some emails some feedback. Uh, one of which I should have read earlier. I, I said, oh, well, I'm going to read this in a minute. And then here we are about half an hour later. Uh, if you would like to write into the show... Uh, let us know what you think of what we've discussed or your own thoughts, feelings, questions, comments on uh, any particular video game related things uh, you've got Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org the email Twitter eTalkUK there's a contact page and information in your show notes, there's also an email box on the website that some of you do actually use as well which is good it's very very easy, simple to use uh, You just, um, if you're on the website version of the podcast, you scroll down a little bit You'll see a big email box. You can put your information in there and click send. And then that's it. There's also a clickable email name you can use in your show notes. Harrison writes in and says, So COD is uh, skipping next year. I saw a bunch of tweets from Matt. Yeah, I was replying to a few people. What do you think is COD's future? Um, well, unlike what some others seem to think, which is perfectly fine if you think that COD is dead for some reason, because um, even though COD Vanguard wasn't a good game, it sold incredibly well still. So financially, it's they're all good. They're all good. Um, so what do you think is COD's future? Uh, I think COD's future is absolutely fine. I think what some people fail to understand, and it's okay that they don't quite get it, is some people look at COD as just one thing, and it's really not. And yes, it's a big brand name, but the three series, so Modern Warfare, Black Ops, and then just other, um, are so different from each other with, not with the core DNA of COD, but the sort of, the way the gameplay is, the way the guns feel, the characters involved, the different maps, different weapons, they're so sort of different from each other. Because where you've simply got, let's say like the, uh, Black Ops games, then you got Modern Warfare, which is simple, grounded, you know, modern day military stuff, and then you've sometimes got the futuristic games, which I don't think COD will try that again with like Advanced and Infinite Warfare, which was sort of like, hey, let's try to make our COD games like Titanfall, and it's like, no, it doesn't work. Um, but with like the like with Vanguard, like with the World War Two games, um, there's those three things are so different to each other that that's where it differentiates itself um but as i've said a few times you know all, all, all i want is a modern warfare game every couple of years and that's really it because as good as i think i mean 
I remember trying Vanguard's multiplayer for about an hour, and I thought, this is good, this is much better than Cold War, um, but it's still just not for me. But then, you know, I wanted to continue building my first-person shooter experience, and that was the next one on the list. I did play Black Ops Cold War as well, and I genuinely thought it was awful. Um, I was actually really... i tell you what, because I tried them in the order of 19's Modern Warfare, then Black Ops Cold War, then Vanguard, then obviously settled on going back to Modern Warfare. Going from 2019's Modern Warfare to 2020's Cold War just was a night and day in terms of gameplay quality. And I was really surprised at like the speed of the game. I, I mean, look, it wasn't as bad as like Battlefield 2042. I think Battlefield 2042 is the worst first-person shooter I've, I've ever played. Um... Even though I only played that for, I only needed to play that game for about ten minutes to know how bad it was, <laughs> uh, and I was I was even more shocked by that game. But Black Ops Cold War, I was just like, no, this this is not this is just not good. It's just 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 no. Uh, and in Vanguard, I was like, okay, this is a bit better, a bit smoother, the shooting's much better. Um, but Modern Warfare's still just better. So that's what uh, that's what I think. Um, but as a bit of a um, I don't know if outsider is the right word, Robert, but as somebody who's outside of the COD. Um, sphere, if you will. Uh, what do you think is COD's future? Uh, I think it's just something that there was probably something with the game that they didn't like. They knew they couldn't fix in time, so they're gonna just uh, give it time to go. Mm. And that's always a good thing. So yeah, yeah. So see how it goes. Uh, and then lastly, we got Lucy who writes in, who says, uh, "I know you have both had conversations before about controllers, but how does the DualSense and the new Xbox controller?" stack up um have you got the new xbox controller i didn't know there was a new xbox controller is there like i a, don't have is there a new unless one they're the series talking x about the, or the series s there might be unless they're talking about like the elite 2 right that one um, yeah. the the newer elite one i don't i don't want to spend 200 dollars on a controller no oh, fair enough <laughs> yeah um cuz they they sort of upgraded it in quotes because um, I've still got the Xbox One controller, like the the original one. Um, so it's 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 been the same for me for for years. Um, I mean, technically the DualSense is the best controller, mainly because it does have the haptic feedback and adaptive triggers. I do struggle to hold it sometimes. I my hands are a little bit on the smaller side. It is a bit of a beefy controller, and I'm able obviously able to play games. Um, maybe, maybe I'm still getting used to it, but not fully quite got used to it, because how long have I had mine now? I got it, um, almost two months. I got it on the 7th of January, I think, some point just after that. So almost, almost two months, roughly. Uh, and I do still use, um, my Xbox One controller. Um, I don't think I've used my Switch Joy-Cons, or I've used the, uh, PS4 controller a couple of times um, which I, I I've basically now with the PS4 controller that I was using I have that as my Switch controller now because I use the, the adapter um, so obviously I don't use the Joy-Cons really anymore um, but how's it stack up to the others because I remember before, I think before maybe a couple of years ago we got asked a similar question uh, which is probably what Lucy's referring to um, and I think I remember at the time I said I think the PS4 is the best one. I don't remember what you said at the time. Which, which controller do you think is the best? 
Uh, I was never the biggest fan of any of the PlayStation controllers because I always felt like super cheap and plasticky. Mm-hmm. I was always afraid, especially with the the um, PS3 controller. Oh god, yeah. I was always afraid that if I sneezed too hard, I'd snap the damn thing in half. <laughs> um, I have not played with the uh, PlayStation 5 controller. I have heard that it is much much better. I know you've gone on endlessly about the uh, haptic controls, mm-hmm. so I'm definitely curious about it. Um, but you know, there's inventory is still hit or miss around here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What controller are you using at the moment then? I, I just have, um, the Xbox controller that came with the console. Okay. So the, the normal Xbox one. controller. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you still use your PS4 much? Uh, every now and then I'll fire it up. Uh, mm-hmm. not a whole lot though. Okay. Mostly I fire it up to let updates go through and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but no, I do like the dual sense a lot. It's just slightly bigger than what, what I'd like it to be. But it could be a sort of me getting used to it kind of thing. So, but yeah, the haptic feedback is is great. Um, there's little things in uh, certain Horizon cutscenes as well, like when because Aloy obviously it's like a sci-fi game as well, and when Aloy is opening doors or on a number of different machines or um, uh, console units and stuff. She's pressing stuff. You can sort of uh, feel and hear some some cool things. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, that's good. Um, all right, that's what we've got for you for this week's episode. Um, I'll hopefully let you all know next week what uh, GT Seven is like. I haven't played a racing game properly in a in in a long time. Um, when was the last time you played a racing game? I know you dabbled uh, in Forza every now and, now and then. Again. I'll fire up uh, um, Forza, one of the Forza games. Mm-hmm. Is it the newest one that you're playing? Yeah. Which one is that again? Uh, Seven? Motorsport? No, the, 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 the numbered ones are uh, the pure racing sims. The one that just came out was like the more arcade game. Right, the open world thing. Where you do like... Yeah. Jumps and things. I'm blanking off the top of my head. Okay. It's either Horizon or Motorsport, isn't it? I think. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll let you know. I think it's all... Horizon. Yeah, I'll let you all know next week, hopefully, what I think of um, GT7, Gran Turismo 7. That's a game that takes me back as well. That's another game I used to watch my um, dad play, because uh, he had that on, on the PS1 and stuff. I'm going to let you all know, this This isn't like a massive thing for me to say, by the way. I'm going to surprise my dad. I know that my... Because I was watching the um, the state of play thing with my dad, and I noticed he was paying like particular attention, because he loves cars, and he watches... Um, What's it called? Wheel, not Wheeler Dealers. That one. And there's, an, there's another show on Quest or something over here that he, he loves uh, to watch as well. Um, I'm going to uh, let him play some of uh, GT7. Because I know that he... I get I got a sense of like... Okay, I'm not really the car person. He absolutely is. And I'm obviously going to be the one that's getting the game. Uh, and stuff. And as I was watching my... Or looking at my dad watch the gameplay, I was like, okay, he he absolutely wants to play this game, so I'm gonna um let definitely let him play some of it, which I think will be good. And what I might do as well, um, his birthday is in May, and and he won't hear this episode, so don't worry about any of that. Uh, his birthday is in May. If I've like not used my PS4 between now and May, I'm probably not going. I'm not gonna like sell my PS4. I wouldn't want to do that. Um. I, because you, 
think GT7's on PS4. I'm pretty sure it is. It won't be the beefed up version. It will be on PS5. Um, depending on how much the game is in May, I might for his birthday get him Gran Turismo 7 and give him my, my PS4. Uh, which I think will be... He can also then play... Um, I think I remember mentioning this a few weeks ago. He wants to play uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, which I've I've got as well. So that would be that would be pretty good to give him to his birthday. Obviously, it's way too early for Christmas. I don't know when Father's Day is, but I know that May is coming up soon. So that would be nice if I can if I can do that. Hopefully, the game isn't still sixty sixty quid <laughs> in in May because I don't really want to pay that much. But um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, does that sound cool? I yeah, yeah, yeah. See how that goes. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll play some of it with him over the uh, over the weekend or something. We'll see. Um, anyway, I'll discuss all that next time, hopefully. Uh, anyway, in the meantime, for all that, uh, you can uh, find the rest of our podcasts on entertainmenttalk.org. That's for TV, video games, films, and Manchester United matches. So take a look at that. Uh, if you like what you've heard you want to support more of what we're doing, you can, of course, listen to more episodes that we've done on the places that I just mentioned. You can find us on your favourite podcast platform by searching for entertainment talk uh, you can use word of mouth social media let other people know about what we're doing and tell them where they can find it so that's good as well uh, social media you can share the links around on different social media platforms of your choice and let people know that way as well uh, patreon i will have an update on the chat podcast about something i'm going to try with patreon so look out for the chat podcast well i'll say next month in a few days time basically because uh, I'm going to try to do that Tuesday or Wednesday this week, or maybe Thursday. One of those days, I'll I'll do a chat podcast episode. Uh, but look out for that. Um, yes, Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers, ad-free podcast and review options. Take a look at that if you'd like to as well. Uh, for your TV and your film news, uh, David's got you covered over on geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio. Those episodes post on Tuesdays. So look out for those every week on Tuesday. Uh, if you want some fun um, PlayStation streams well not playstation specific but uh, tomb raider uh streams or tomb failure streams and some just fun cool streams uh bex is uh available on twitch you can go and follow her trista b-y-t-e-s go and check out what she's doing as well i need to continue watching some of her um tomb raider stuff with uh on, on twitch i've got it sort of in the continue watching did you thing. see any of her uh, cherry stream yesterday no no what, what you need to look her up on uh, Instagram. There's a hilarious jump scare. She's got this look on her face of, okay. <laughs> I did this to myself. Right, right. I do see her Instagram clips now and again. Um, Instagram seems to load for me in a funny way. Like I'll open Instagram, it will show me something, and then it will have like a button that will say load new posts, and then it will just flick, and it will do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I don't really like that. So yeah, if if you want to ask me if I should re- refresh my stream, don't do it for me anyway. Uh, but yeah, I'll have to see what uh, Bex is up to over there. But Trista B Y T E S for Bex over on Twitch. You can follow me as well on Twitch once I make up my mind as to what I'm doing. E Talk UK over on Twitch for all those things. And if you've missed the streams, you can find them archived later on YouTube. Entertainment Talk players. Also, there's uh, some game gameplay clips and stuff. I've got some new ones I need to put up as well. Um, which was, yeah, just, you should check out some of the COD clips that I've got over on YouTube with some bizarre, fun, cool things that happen. Uh, so all, all of that's over on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. All right, bye. Bye.